على عبده ورسوله محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه نكمل درسنا الذي ابتدأناه قبل الصلاة So we'll continue with our lesson that we started before the prayer ونبهت في أول درسنا اليوم And I pointed out at the beginning of our lesson today على مسألة الجمع بين طلب العلم والكسب I pointed out the combination of seeking knowledge and seeking earnings. And I would like to add to that in the beginning of this period. So I'll say somebody asks how is the condition of so-and-so, our brother? So it said about him, Allah's aid is sought. We ask Allah for firmness. So that makes you uh, fearful for your brother, that somebody has said that about him. Has he fallen into something from innovation? Has he began to commit sins and other forms of disobedience? So then they'll say about him, no, he didn't do that. But they'll say he's been taken by the worldly life. And he's become weak in seeking knowledge. How has the worldly life taken him? And what he's actually done is started to just deal in business. Is this a good situation to be in or a bad situation to be dealing in business? How is it that the state has come for some of the people in their deviation from seeking knowledge? That it's reached the state that they think and they assume that working and seeking provision through doing business and other than that is something that would negate seeking knowledge. And it's a situation of falling short and weakness. And that's not correct to think that way. You don't say about someone like that that the worldly life has taken them. And you wouldn't say about someone like that that they have abandoned seeking knowledge. Because from the worldly life is that which is obligatory upon him to attain with the permissible means so that he can provide and spend on himself. And so he can spend on all those who it is obligatory upon him to support and provide for. Such as his wife and his children. Such as his wife or his children. So this is from the mistakes. To think that if someone has turned towards doing business and working, that this is something that is falling short or a weakness. But rather we are happy for them. And we make dua for them that they are aided and successful. And we ask Allah for him that the worldly life does not 
distract him from what is obligatory. And that his striving and attention for this worldly life and his uh, striving and focus on earning wealth that it does not that he does not that that does not lead him to combine doing things which are halal and those things which are haram and the second thing that I'd like to point out and it is very important you're reading now this small book by Imam al-Bukhari and you're hearing the commentary on it that he mentions a tremendous issue of importance in it from the foundations of the religion and the sunnah and he mentions a single proof for it is it that Imam al-Bukhari did not have more proofs rather of course he had many proofs but rather he would just men mention an issue and mention one proof for it due to certain reasons the first reason that one proof is sufficient as a proof and evidence if it is from the Quran or the Sunnah Secondly, that because he has tried it, that whoever is not sufficed by a single proof, that 100 proofs will not convince him. And there is an issue of hearing and obeying. Hearing and obeying to the Muslim rulers. And the prohibition of rebelling against them. And the obligation of being patient upon them. Even if they're oppressive. Or oppressive. Or sinful. There has come related to this uh, foundational principle. More than a hundred authentic ahadith. Where are the innovative Islamic political groups from this foundational principle? All of them oppose this principle. And Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab said in his book, Usul al Sitta, the six foundational principles, the third principle. That from the completeness of coming together is hearing and obeying to whoever Allah has put in authority over us. Even if he was an Abyssinian slave. And Allah has clarified that with a clear clarification. Both in the Sharia and as what has occurred from the Qadr. So Imam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab continued. So this foundational principle has become. This foundational principle has become something that most of the people who claim to have knowledge do not recognize it. 
So how can they act upon it? So the correct hearts the correct hearts answer to Allah and His Messenger even with a single proof and the proof that's established upon the people occur even with a single evidence. So what about all of the issues from these issues that are ten that there are tens of proofs and evidences. And along with that, the people of innovations and desires do not cease to and all of the different deviated sects that are opposed to the Sunnah from different times of the past up until the, today they still continue upon their innovations following their desires because they put their desires ahead of the text they put their desires ahead of the revelation and guidance because they put their intellects ahead of the revelations and texts so here Imam al-Bukhari mentions a single proof and we said for these reasons first reason because a single proof is sufficient as an evidence related to the foundations of the religion or any of the matters of fiqh secondly if somebody will not accept a, a proof and evidence from the Quran or Sunnah then likewise even if there were tens of proofs it wouldn't convince them and a clear proof of that is the current state of all of these innovative Islamic political groups and parties the third reason so that the book can remain summarized and short so it's a small book so it's not appropriate that he needs to mention so many proofs and other than the him, than him from the Imams when they authored large books they'll mention many tens of evidences for it why did they do that? because we've already covered that the proof that a single evidence is sufficient as a proof so why did they mention many? for two benefits secondly or the first reason is so that you can increase in surety and iman and so you can increase in firmness upon that because indeed having much proofs or many proofs will help you increase in your iman and your surety that was the first reason so the second reason is that it is an increase of establishing the proof it's establishing the proof even more and to uh, convey the excuses for people and to raise any doubts that someone might have as a mercy for the people 
So that whoever Allah wills to return back from their innovations can return back. And all praises for Allah. That it has not ceased despite all of the times that have passed. Many people return back from bid'ah to the sunnah. Indeed, it even happens that someone might be from the heads of people of Bid'ah. But, but then he repents and is truthful in his repentance. And becomes from the scholars of the Sunnah. And this has happened both in the past and more recently. I wanted to point out these two important points. And now we'll take our third issue from the book that Imam Bukhari mentioned. Rahimahullah. He said that the good and the bad is from the Qadr. This is the issue of having Iman in the Qadr, in the pre-decree of Allah. And it is from the six pillars of Iman. Which have come mentioned in the Hadith of Jibreel. That both Bukhari and Muslim narrated from the Hadith of Abu Huraira. And Muslim Rahimahullah narrated also directly from Umar ibn al-Khattab. Not directly from uh, Umar, but related as Umar as the, the narrator. So, asked the Prophet What is Iman? So the Prophet answered that you have Iman in Allah and his angels. And his books. And his messengers. And the last day. And you have Iman in the Qadr. It's good and it's bad. And Allah the Mighty and Majestic said. He said that which means. Indeed everything we have created it with Qadr. So, so you believe that both the good and the bad is from the creation of Allah. And Imam al-Bukhari mentioned as proofs for that the statement of Allah which means Say, O Muhammad وسلم, seek refuge in Allah seek refuge in the Lord of the Falaq, the Lord of the Dawn, from the evil that he created. So he said here, from the evil that he created. So this is a proof that from what Allah has created, there exists evil. And the statement of Allah which means, Allah created you and what you do. So Allah created you and He created in you your wanting. 
وخلق لك قوة تعمل بها. And he created for you strength in order to act upon your wants. فتريد الخير والطاعة وتعملها. So when you want to do good and obedience, then you act upon it. أو تريد الشر والمعصية وتعملها. And when you want to do something from sin and transgression, then you act upon it. والله خلقك وخلق عملك. So Allah has created you and He has created your actions. وأنت عملت أعمالك. And you have done your actions. من الخير أو الشر. From either good or bad. بإرادتك. Based upon what you wanted and what you chose to do. ولهذا تجازى على الخير بالخير. So due to that, you are rewarded with your good deeds with goodness. وتثاب عليه يوم القيامة. And you are rewarded for them on the day of resurrection. وتعذب على الشر الذي فعلته. And you would be punished due to the evil that you do. ثم ذكر الآية الثالثة. And then he mentions the third ayah. وهو قوله تعالى إن كل شيء خلقناه بقدر. Which means, indeed, everything we have created with qadr. وقد حدثت بدعة القدر في أواخر عهد الصحابة. And indeed, the bid'ah or the innovation in qadr has come about at the end of the time of the Sahaba. وبدأت في البصرة من العراق. And it started in Basra in Iraq. وجاء اثنان إلى عبد الله بن عمر. And two men came to Abdullah ibn Umar. وقال له. And they said to him. إن قوما قبلنا أي عندنا. Indeed, there are people from with us. يتقفرون العلم. That they make out like they have knowledge. أي يبحثون فيه ويدققون. Meaning that they, so there are people with us that they focus and study on knowledge and try to look into it intricately. ويقولون. And they say. إن الأمر أنف أي مستأنف. Indeed, everything that happens, happens on its own. Without being pre-decreed from before. And they reject. They reject that Allah knows what will happen. And they say. They say that Allah does not know what will happen until after it happens. And we seek refuge in Allah from this terrible disbelief. Because Allah knows everything. And He is over everything all-knowing. And in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Umar, ابن عمر بن العاص في صحيح مسلم إن صحيح مسلم قال صلى الله عليه وسلم that the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said إن الله indeed Allah كتب مقادير كل شيء wrote the مقادير the amounts of everything قبل أن يخلق السماوات والأرض before he created the heavens and the earth بخمسين ألف سنة by fifty thousand years فهذه الكتابة so this writing, this writing was about what Allah knew what would happen. And in the hadith of Urbad ibn Samit and other than it, the Prophet said, The first thing that Allah created is the pen. So Allah said to it, write. 
So the man asked Allah, what should I write? So Allah ordered the man to write everything that would happen up until the establishment of the last hour. So we see from these two hadith the mention of writing. And this writing was with what? This writing, was in a, this writing was in accordance with what Allah knew. So Allah is all-knowing of what happened before. And with He is all-knowing of everything that exists now. And He is all-knowing of everything that will happen. And he even is all-knowing of whatever will not happen. Even if it, if it were to happen, how it would be. Like Allah said, well, like what Allah said about the people in the hereafter, he said that if they were sent back to this worldly life, meaning in the hereafter, if they were sent back to this worldly life, they would return back to what they used to do. So once those two men that came to Ibn Umar, once they informed him about this innovation, he informed them about what those people were saying and spreading in Basra. And they were called the Qadriyah. And I already explained their beliefs. So I've already explained their ways or their beliefs with more than what those two narrators mentioned. And my speech is an explanation for you. From, I am explaining what the narrators conveyed to Ibn Umar. And they were Yahya ibn Yahmar and Humayd ibn Abdurrahman. Ibn Abdurrahman. So they said to Ibn Umar, indeed those people say that everything that happens, happens on its own. Meaning without any pre-decree. So Ibn Umar said, inform those people that Ibn Umar is free from them. وأنهم براء من ابن عمر. And they are free from Ibn Umar. والذي يحلف به ابن عمر. And that which Ibn Umar swore by. لو أنفقوا مثل أحد ذهب. Even if those people that they give in charity. ما gold the amount of the mountain of Uhud. ما تقبل منهم. It would not be accepted from them. حتى يؤمنوا بالقدر. Up until they believed in the Qadr. حدثنا عمر بن الخطاب. And he said, Omar ibn al-Khattab informed us. When we were with the Prophet sitting, when a man came to us. And then he mentioned the long hadith of Jibril. And in it are the pillars of Iman. That you believe in the Qadr. It's good and it's bad. And we have seen in those ahadith about the kitaba, the writing. And this is from the levels of Qadr. 
فتؤمن أن الله علم الأشياء قبل وقوعها. So you must believe that Allah knew everything before it happens. ثم أمر القلم فكتبها. And then he ordered the pen to write, so it wrote what would happen. كم هذه؟ How many levels is that so far? اثنتان. Two levels of قدر so far. ثم تؤمن. Then you believe. بأن ما شاء الله كان. That whatever Allah wills to happen will happen. وما لم يشأ لم يكن. And whatever Allah doesn't will to happen will not happen. فما شاءه الله كان. So whatever Allah willed will happen or happened already. ولو لم تريده أنت. Even if you don't want it to happen. وما لم يشأه لم يكن. And whatever Allah did not want to happen will never happen. وإن أردته أنت. Even if you want it to happen. وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لابن عباس. And the Prophet ﷺ said to Ibn Abbas, that which means, and know that if the whole Ummah came together to benefit you in something, if they came together to benefit you something, benefit you in something that Allah did not write for you, then they would not be able to aid you or benefit you in anything. And even if the whole Ummah came together in order to harm you with something that Allah had not already written for you to happen, then they would not be able to harm you with anything. So this is our Iman in the Qadr. It brings about your reliance and it gives you bravery and it gives you aid in turning towards the truth. So this third level of Qadr is the Mashi'ah, is what Allah has willed. And the fourth is the actual happening of what Allah had willed. And this is the level of the creation. So if Allah willed something to happen, He created it. Whether it is good or bad. And this is an important point now to mention. This uh, bad or evil which is mentioned now is not in the actions of Allah or Allah's Qadr. And the Prophet praised his Lord by saying dua that an evil is not to you. So indeed, when we're mentioning evil, this is related to what Allah had decreed and what He created. Not in any of Allah's own actions. So here's one example to clarify. Sickness. That Allah had decreed sickness and disease to happen is something good. But for you personally to be afflicted with a sickness, then this is something bad for you personally. But it is not something that is completely bad. Rather, in it is something good for you. It helps to wipe out your sins. And it encourages you to repent. 
So how many, how amazing is the number of people that have repented after they became sick? So they began to fulfill the rights of their companions. And he turned back towards his prayers and towards his worship. And his situation after his being sick or diseased is better than his situation before he was sick. So Allah's creation and his decree of the existence of sickness and disease is something good. But sickness in itself related to you is something bad. But it is not something that is completely bad. Because it has angles of it that are good. And this is from the meanings of the statement of the Prophet ﷺ which means that evil is not to you. So we've studied or we've covered knowledge of Allah and the writing and then Allah's will and then Allah's creation. These four levels of Qadr is what we must believe in. And it is for every Muslim that they must know that whatever has come to him whatever has come to him is not something he could have ever avoided. And whatever he has not been afflicted with is not something that he ever would have been affected by. And whatever Allah has willed will ha has happened. And whatever Allah does not will will never happen. Number three, the third point. Everything is by Allah's qadr, Allah's pre-decree. Fourth, that you have irada, you have your own wants, and you have your own choice, and you act upon it in good, and you're rewarded for that, or you are, or you do the, uh, bad actions, and you, and you would be punished for that. This is the general belief in the Qadr for every Muslim. And I don't want to go into too much detail and go into too much length regarding the deviated sects related to Qadr. But regarding the first issue of Iman, and we spoke about the Qawarij, we spoke about the issue of were the Khawarij only in the past or are they still around today? So we clarified that they're still here today among all of these innovative Islamic political groups and parties. Likewise the Murjiah. Did they finish or are they still around? They're still around now. And there are different sects. So the Ashaira in their Iman are Murjiah. And those that ascribe themselves to the, the way or the madhab of Imam Abu Hanifa, then they are Murjiah in their, in their beliefs in Iman. And there are many of them 
among the Jama'ah of Tabligh and in the Jama'ah of the Ikhwan al-Muslimin. So whatever you're studying now, then these innovations are around today. Likewise, the statement of or the issue of the Qur'an not being created. And the issue of the Mu'tazila. Did they finish or are they still around today? Indeed, they are still around today. All of the firaq, all of the sects of the Shia are Mu'tazila. And the Ibadiyya sect of the Khawarij are Mu'tazila. And they openly claim today that the Qur'an is created. And they are present in the land of Oman. And they are present in some of the mountainous areas of Libya. And they are present in some of the southern areas of Jazair, Algeria. And they might even have uh, presence in Dawah activities in these lands or other than them. We're not studying anything that's imaginary. Or just historical facts. We're studying these false beliefs that are still existing today. Just as the correct belief of the Sunnah is still present. So indeed, whatever opposes it is still present also. Likewise, this third point. The, those who oppose regarding this issue of Qadr are two types. The first type The first type have almost disappeared or maybe there are a few of them left. And they are the ones that negate the knowledge of Allah. And the other type are still around. They say, they claim that Allah has only willed the good things, that He did not will the evil. And they say, they say that Allah did not create the actions of the slaves. But Imam al Bukhari, he has a big book. Called the creation of the actions of the slaves. And it is printed and available. And these this type of Mu'tazila are still around. Among the sects of the Shia. And the sects of the Ibadiyah. And they are among the Houthiyin. Zaydiyah. In Yemen. All of them clearly express this false belief. So study your own aqidah, your own belief. And take knowledge and the sunnah as your weapon for defense. Then Imam al Bukhari continued. And they were not Meaning the those who have come before From the scholars and the imams Those whom he met 
they did not declare to be a disbeliever anyone from the people of the Qibla meaning the people who pray towards the Qibla they did not declare any of them to be a non-Muslim due to a sin meaning they did not declare anyone from the Muslims to be a disbeliever due to a sin whether there was somebody who was a ruler or somebody who was from the subjects, those who ruled. And whether it was a major sin or a small or a minor sin. And whether they committed that sin privately or if they did it openly. And whether he did it alone by himself or if he even invited other people to that sin. And he would strive, even if he, he would strive to spread that sin. And uh, establish places to commit that sin. Such as some uh, Muslim countries. Who might have permission, who might give permission to sell khamar. Or alcohol, or if the doors of prostitution are opened. And other than that, from the uh, trials and the sins. So these scholars did not declare anyone to be a kafir, whether they were a ruler or somebody under a ruler, or if it was a man or a woman. From the people of the Qibla. Muslim. Meaning a Muslim. Due to their sins. Whether this sin was an innovation. Or a major sin. Or like what has proceeded from the clarification. Why did I explain to you these uh, details? Because some people claim. I don't declare somebody to be a kafir due to sins. And I seek refuge in Allah from the way of the khawarij. But somebody that continues to do the sin, even though you advise them, and he doesn't accept your advice, and he still keeps continuing and committing that sin, then surely this person must that sin to be permissible. So then he must be a kafir. So this is somebody who tries to bring in the methodology of the khawarij from one door and doesn't bring it in from the other door. Because the imams of the sunnah said whoever dies and is continuing upon that sin without having repented then he's under the Mashia, under the will of Allah. And I clarified for you because some people say I don't declare somebody to be a kafir due to their sin. And they say I seek refuge in Allah from having the way of the khawarij. But but this country التي تبيح الخمور أو التي 
that a country that gives permission to sell alcohol or to establish other than that from sins or a country that allows you to advertise khamar or other sins on television then this country then because they're allowing it then that must mean that they hold it to be permissible and that would mean that they're this is somebody that fools himself but he doesn't deceive us from the people of Sunnah because that itself is the way of the Khawarij and a third type of person claims I don't declare somebody to be a kafir from their sins and they say I seek refuge in Allah from having the way of the Khawarij but this type of person he calls and invites other people to, to commit sins along with him and, sins. and he takes pictures and videos of himself and he spreads these videos of him committing these sins and he doesn't care about that so this person he must consider it permissible so he's a kafir and other than that from the heel from these trickery ways that they pretend that they're not upon the way of the Khawarij but they use them to reach an end point of declaring Muslims to be kufar whether they use these, these principles of theirs to declare rulers to be kufar or the subjects who are not rulers so pay attention to all of this and due to this Imam al-Bukhari because so Imam Bukhari said that those scholars did not declare a single person from the people of the Qibla to be a kafir due to a sin due to the statement of Allah indeed Allah does not forgive that shirk or that partners be associated with him that he forgives whatever is less than that to whomever he wills so whatever is less than major shirk then it is under the will of Allah if Allah wills he will completely forgive the person who commits it and if he wills he will punish them and if he punishes the person then certainly he will not remain in the hellfire so this verse refutes the khawarij and the mu'tazila refutes them and it also refutes anyone from the innovated Islamic political groups and parties that take from their way that way of declaring Muslims to be kufar due to their sins so we ask Allah to protect us and you all from these uh, misguided statements of theirs and to preserve us and you upon the sunnah and it has come already in the first issue clarification of the way of the people of Sunnah in this regard so suffice with that for now so you can relax and our next uh, session inshallah will be after Maghrib and after Isha
حتى ننتهي من هذه الرسالة. Until we will complete the book, inshallah. أسأل الله لكم التوفيق والسداد. I ask Allah to give you aid and for success. صلى الله وسلم على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه.